Good morning. How are y'all today? So I know we usually always wear our headset mics when we preach. Mine started messing up in the land, so preaching with a handheld, old school baby. Um, but good morning. And I want to say good morning to everyone watching online, specifically since it's Tech Sunday. And also because one of those people watching online from Louisville, Kentucky is my mom. So hey, mom. But I'm glad to be with you all this morning. If you don't know who I am, I am uh, Pastor Cody King. I'm the pastor of media and online ministries here at DAC. So I'm super excited to be with you all this morning. Um, in the fall of 2022, Pastor Carly and I had our first thought and dream of having Tech Sunday, of having a space on a Sunday morning where we could really emphasize our media and online ministries and educate the congregation as to what they are, but also the why as to why we do what we do. And so last Tech Sunday in January of 23, Pastor Carly preached on worship technology and how we use whatever technology we have available to worship the Lord. And he even continued that earlier today. I thought that story was pretty cool, right? About how Jesus used his own creation to share. That's just wild to me. And so as already been mentioned this morning, we're gonna really emphasize our online ministry this morning. We're gonna talk about social media. So I'll start by asking a question. Who is not on social media whatsoever? No social media accounts, you don't use it, you don't nothing. All right, there's a few of us in here. You're not exempt from the message today, okay? If you guys walk out of here, I'm gonna come after you and I'm gonna bring you back in here, okay? So this message is for everyone, not just those who have social media, okay? I promise. And everything I say will apply to you today. How is that gonna be? You gotta stay and find out, okay? What kind of preacher would I be if I went ahead and told you? You gotta stay and find out. So my job here at the church is twofold. It's media and online ministry. So I handle all of our tech and here in Deltona and at our Deland campus. So any special events we have in a Sunday service we have, I oversee all of the technical and audiovisual aspects of that, as well as handling all of our online ministry. So social media and the website, I run both of those. And for the offertory thought today, you heard from the world's best ministry assistant. I'm not biased. Um, Audrey Brown, and she does a phenomenal job. You can tell which graphics are made by me and which ones are by her. If they're ugly, I made them. If they look really good, she made them. Um, so that's how that works. But together, our goal is, and she already shared this, that our goal is to create a realistic representation of how Christ is moving here at DAC to anyone who encounters us online. And the, the Lord is moving here at DAC, am I correct? Amen. That was weak. The Lord is moving here at DAC, correct? Okay. So we want to tell people about it. We want to use the internet to tell people about it. There are people watching this service right now online watching us as the Lord is moving here as he's moving online as well. And so through videos, through photos, through graphics, through posts or whatever, Audrey and I want to create a realistic representation of what the Lord is doing here. And Audrey laid the foundation for that earlier, why that's so important. So I'm going to start by telling and sharing a, a graphic here in a second of all the people we reached this year. On Monday, I had a yearly... Uh, year in review meeting is what I call it. I go over all the analytics of our social media with the entire staff. It was a two-hour presentation, so you guys are going to get a bite-sized version of it today, but I'm going to throw some numbers up on the screen for you, and the people watching online, you'll see these numbers as well, but here's the people that we reached in 2023. We hit 1,657 followers on Facebook at the end of 2023. That number should be up today. Pastor Carly gave you guys an invitation to like our Facebook page and Instagram page, right? No? Okay, thank you. you guys are asleep this morning, man. It's 1051. Come on. 
So he gave you an invitation. Those numbers are higher. They should be, at least, if you, if you listen to Pastor Carly. We have 655 Instagram followers. Our posts across both of those platforms reached 49,000 views. And our Facebook profile got visited 12,317 times, and our Instagram profile got visited 1,192 times. Moving on to our website and, and YouTube, our website uh, was viewed 12,000 or 21,000, I apologize, 364 visits to our website from 13,000 different people. And our views on YouTube last year, our Sunday services, our sermons, our Bible talks were viewed 15,900 times. For Oh yeah, there we go. I'll take a round of applause for that. Praise the Lord. And they give a bunch of analytics on YouTube and stuff like that for you to look at. Our content was viewed 4,400 hours on YouTube. That's equivalent, if you can do math that quick in your head, that's 183 days people spent watching our content on YouTube last year. That's a lot of time. And church, hear me out. These numbers, I'm satisfied with them. They seem pretty high to me. But those numbers don't mean anything unless it's pointing people to Jesus. Unless someone is having an encounter with Jesus Christ, that, that could be a million. We could have a million website visits, a million views on YouTube. If no one found out who Jesus was through our online ministry, it wouldn't be worth it. Or if it, if it wasn't introducing someone to church for the first time or reconnecting someone back to church for the first time in a while, those numbers would not be worth it. It's all about the people. And one of my favorite things to ask during our Discover DAC class, our new members class we do multiple times a year, is I always like to ask our new members who found out about DAC through the internet. Like who watched the service first, who Googled us, who, and it's usually at least one person or one couple every time we have a Discover DAC class who are introduced through our church through the internet. And as Audrey was saying, it's, it's in the case that that's how most people are gonna be finding our church now to some degree, whether it's researching us online or watching like they are right now. And we all do this to a degree in our daily lives because we live in an internet-driven world. If we're going to a restaurant, we're going to look up the menu, we're going to look up the prices first before we go. If we're traveling, if we're shopping, if we're doing anything, we're going to go online and we're going to look and see what we're doing before we go, correct? And when it comes to restaurants, my wife is the absolute worst at this. Um, She's here, she's in children's church, so that, that saves me a little bit of trouble. But she's the worst at this. Because we'll go to a restaurant and she has to look at the menu on the way. Like she's gotta Google the menu and find it. And if it's a new restaurant, that's fine, but it's, it's restaurants we've been to a million times and she still has to look up the menu for it. Like we'll be going to McDonald's and she has to look up the menu for it. And I'm like, honey, the menu for McDonald's hasn't changed in 30 years. Like when they introduced the chicken nugget was the last time the menu at McDonald's has changed. And like, she's still got to look it up on the way. And she's like, we get to the window and I'm going to be like, uh, and I'm like, can, can we have a second, please? I mean, at McDonald's. And then she ends up ordering the same thing that she always orders at the very end of it. I'm not bothered by it. As you can tell, it doesn't bug me. But um, it's, it's, uh, what are, hold on, let me, what are we talking about? Okay, Tech Sunday. So, but the, the reality is, like I said, we're living in an internet-driven world. It drives, a lot of what we do is filtered through the internet now. And we can crawl up under a rock and we can pretend that doesn't exist, but that's simply a reality. But that's the world we're living in. And as I've learned with the little bit of wisdom that God has given me, is that everything in life requires a balance. In October, I preached about Jesus being full of grace and truth. And I know all of you guys have that sermon memorized by heart, so I don't need to recall most of it. 
But I think all things in life requires a balance, and that's what keeps us from being legalistic from one side or the other. And that's a sermon for another day, but I believe as Christians who are interacting with the internet, we need to strike that same balance. Because there's a lot of precautions we need to take as we engage with the internet as believers. The internet provides unlimited access and opportunity for us to sin. It created new avenues for it. We can become addicted to scrolling on social media through the internet. It can cause more division than it causes unity. And we have to be aware and conscious of these pitfalls as believers, but the internet also provides incredible opportunities for us to share the gospel. And in my opinion, what we do on the internet is just an extension of who we are as people. And we gotta be careful with that because obviously just because we post something doesn't mean it's reality. But we have the opportunity to utilize the internet to continue our Christian walk digitally. And whether that's what we post or how we interact with people, that's a reality. And so my people who aren't on social media, you still here with me? Did y'all leave? No, you stayed here, okay, good. This is the part that applies to everyone. As followers of Jesus Christ, we have been tasked to be fishers of men. And for anyone new to the faith, or if you're not entirely familiar with scripture, in context like this, when it says men, it's talking about all of humanity. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we have been tasked to be fishermen of men. And this charge from Jesus is found three times in scripture, and in Matthew and Mark, it's parallel. Jesus was walking around the Sea of Galilee, and he found Simon and Andrew, and they were fishing, and that's what they did for a living, and he approaches them, and this is what he says. Follow me, and I will be fishers of men. And Luke records this event in his gospel, but he records it with more detail. So we'll read uh, Luke chapter 5 and what he had to say about it. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, which is the Sea of Galilee, and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. I'm going to take a time out here. So this is a different story than what Pastor Carly was referring to earlier, but he gets in the boat and he's teaching, and he's so pressed, and there's so many people that he had to get into the boat to preach. Now, I don't know, I don't know where H- HB's down here. If, we, if this happens here, I don't know what we're going to do. I guess we can fill up the baptismal, and then y'all stand all up here, and we'll put HB up in the baptismal. I guess that's, I imagine it with like a pink donut floaty on. We had one of those for SJ, and HB will just be floating back there preaching to us. I guess that's what we'll have to do. I don't know if fire code allows for that, but we'll have to, we'll have to try it. All right, let's carry on. I get distracted too much. Verse 4 through 11. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. So that last line 
It's what does it for me. They just threw it, they just quit everything they were doing and just left and went with him. That's, that was not very responsible, I must say. If someone comes into your workplace today and says, quit your job and follow me, I would not advise that. That's not very responsible for them. But that's what they did. And for all of us in this room who have surrendered our life to Christ and have decided to live for him, except uh, live for him instead of ourselves, we have a new job title. You're not a teacher. You're not a nurse. You're not whatever your job title is. You're a fisherman if you belong to Jesus Christ. That's your new job title. And I've got something better. Y'all are like this one. If you're in this room and you belong to Jesus Christ, you're not retired. There are not a single one of y'all in here who follow Jesus that are retired. And that's part of the reason why Pastor Mike started our 55, Legacy 55 Plus Ministries. To create avenues in which we can get more involved and invite other people to come to the church. And for those still working, you may still be showing up to the same job. You may still be getting the same pay, but you got a new boss who's in charge of you. And you answer to him. And the ironic part of it is you get better at your worldly job than you were before you started following Jesus. You're a better employee after that. But church, you know the Bible says that we are citizens of a different kingdom, right? That we, we're citizens of the kingdom of heaven. That's what Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 3. And I'm going to read a verse from 2 Timothy 2, and we'll throw the next one up in a second. But Paul also says something similar in 2 Timothy chapter 2. And he starts his charge by saying, join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And just like Pastor Brad always says, that's the one you put up on the billboard, right? Like that's the one that's, that's the recruiting pitch that gets everyone to come into church. Join me in suffering. But that's what Paul compares it to. He says, join me in suffering like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And then this is what he says next. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. So when you become a soldier of Jesus Christ, you have a new task and a new mission. And there's plenty of civilian affairs going on right now. Civilian affairs going on around us. There's a bunch of civilian affairs going on on the internet, things to distract us. But as the bride of Christ, we have a higher calling on our life. And we live for a higher purpose. And I mentioned teachers earlier. I'll mention another teaching reference. I think it's because I used to work at the school that I use teacher references. Andrew does it all the time too. But if you show up to work and you got students in your classroom and your students are being crazy, you get to react and you have access to a power than your unbelieving coworkers do. And yes, the Lord loves us and he cares about all the difficulties if our kids and our class are being really difficult to work with and difficult to lead, that's still hard and the Lord cares about that and praise him for it. But you have access to a higher form of peace and a higher form of resolve to go home and be at peace in your mind because you're not a teacher, you're a fisherman. So it's a lot easier to deal with kids that don't want to listen in classrooms or whatever your job is. It's a lot easier to deal with difficult coworkers or whatever, fill in the blank, when you're a fisherman instead of whatever your worldly job title is. And you know what else Paul says? We're going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through 23. Paul talks about this in another way there. Though I am free... 
and belong to no one. I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I become like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I become like one under the law. Though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I become like one not having the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I become weak to win the weak. I've become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. And I do this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in his blessings. Paul said that he becomes all things for all people so that some might be saved and he gets to share in the blessings of the gospel because of it. So I think in whatever you serve in, whatever you do, how can we be all things for all people? And as a fisherman, we we reconfigure our brains to transition from how can I serve me to how can I serve them or how can I serve you? And sometimes that's at the cost at our own convenience. That costs us our own convenience. And it costs us what we want to do sometimes. And a few of us were having a conversation Monday night before elders meeting started. We were just chatting And we were talking about how the Billy Graham era of evangelism in the United States has passed. As many of our legacy 55 plus folks might know who were living during that time, there was a time period where if you put on a free public event where you were going to be preaching the gospel and worshiping, that would be a very popular event. And it was a very effective model of evangelism at one time. That it would draw all kinds of people saved and unsaved. And I call it the Billy Graham model, not to pick on him, but just because he was the most popular one doing it. And these were highly attended and very popular gatherings that if you were to invite a coworker or a friend or a family member to come here or be a part of this, they were likely to be a part of it. And for a time period, it was very effective. But church, the last Billy Graham crusade was held in 2006. And I know that's twofold, The Reverend Graham was getting up in age. That played a role in it. But it also, as the culture had changed, that method was not as effective as it used to be. And I'm not saying that's his fault. I want to keep clarifying these things. But our our culture just stopped responding to that method of evangelism. And the church as a whole, not just DAC, the entire United States church can still think that we're living in that, in that age. We can still think we're in that age, but that's not the case. And as a, as a young, young buck, as a child, I know I'm young, but y'all, y'all hear me out still. Like when I was even younger, like I remember as a kid, the church was a respected place. Like even if you didn't go, the culture still had a positive outlook on the church. And of course, I grew up in the heart of the Bible Belt that is central Kentucky, God's country. And as a kid, the church still had a very positive, a very positive representation in the public square. And if you knew someone who was struggling or if you knew someone who was having a really hard time, they would acknowledge like, yeah, I should get to church. I should really get back to church. I should really start going to church again. Or they would say, maybe I should try church. They would be more willing to try church. Like, I'd be willing to go do that if they were struggling. That was the mentality at that point with a lot of people. But church, I don't know if you paid attention lately, but the church no longer has that representation here in the United States. 
The church no longer has that reputation. And my, some of us might say that's the culture's fault. I talked about balance earlier. The church, some of us might say that's the culture's fault. Our culture loves sin more than they did before. Everything around us is getting darker than it's ever been. As I already talked about with the internet, people are finding new ways to sin. And I would agree with you on all of that. But I think there's a balance that the church has shot themselves in the foot in some areas too. And that we could have handled things a little bit better to make our reputation a little bit better in the culture. I think it's a balance of both of those two things and that's a sermon for another day because regardless of how we got here, the reality is we're here. In 1972, 90% of American adults self-identified as followers of Jesus Christ. 90%. I shared these numbers at Legacy Camp last summer if anyone was there. 90%. In 1972, 5% of American adults identified as atheists or religiously unaffiliated. Now, I wasn't alive in 1972. I think 90% is a little high, just saying. I don't think it was actually 90%. But that goes to my point earlier that Christianity was so culturally normal that if someone called and said, hey, are you a Christian? We're doing a poll. You would say, yeah, I'm a Christian. Even if you didn't live like it, it was so culturally normal that you were expected to just say yes to something like that. That's why I use the term self-identify. And that was the culture in which many of us in this room lived if we were around there then. But in 2021, they did another poll, and that 90% of self-identifying followers of Jesus Christ is now down to 63% American adults. And that 5% of atheists or religiously unaffiliated folks went from 5% up to 29% of American adults consider themselves unaffiliated to any religion. And church, we can tuck our tail between our legs and just say, Jesus, we tried. We did our best. The, these people are just too messed up. We don't know what to do. We can look around and see how much more difficult it's gotten to share the gospel, how much more resistant the people we know are to the gospel, to following Jesus, to coming to church, and we can just throw in the towel. That's an option. God, the crusades aren't working anymore. I don't know what to do. I invited my coworker, I invited my friend to come to church with me. They don't want to come, Jesus. I don't know what to do. And church, if there has ever been a time to grab a rod and a reel and go fishing, it's right now. If there's ever been a time to do it, it's right now. If there's ever been a time to go to Walmart, I live in DeBerry. They got the fridge right by the exit with all the night crawlers in it. Y'all know what I'm saying? If there's ever been a time to run up there and get them night crawlers and go fishing, it's right now. And I've said this a million times. I said this last time I preached. I say it when I in conversation all the time. Other than the word of God, parenting and marriage have taught me more about the gospel than anything else. And both of those things are extremely hard. It's very easy to love my boys when they're being all sweet and obedient. Man, that's easy. It was easy to love my wife when we were dating. I mean, shoot, I had hair back then, y'all. I look like Justin Bieber, man, when I put, when I put product in that thing. Are you kidding me? 
I was 20 pounds lighter, Lenny would have been crazy not to marry me. You kidding me? But what about the first argument after I put this ring on? What about the first time we had a real big blow up and had an argument after I put this ring on? And what about the second? What about argument number 300 and whatever, you name it? Can I give up now because it got hard? It was easy. God, it was easy when we were dating because we used to pursue, pursue each other, buy each other gifts, and go on dates. God, take me back then to when it was easier. God, I don't want to be a fisherman anymore. This stuff's gotten hard. It was easier to fish back in the day, Lord. You mean I got to love my neighbor? I got to bless my enemies now? I got to pray for my enemies? You mean I got to be like Jonah and walk into this wicked world and share the gospel with people? By the way, forgetting that we used to be one of those people. Hello, as Pastor Brad would say. God has created you to be alive in the exact moment you're living in right now. You're not in 2024 by accident. God didn't drop you in the wrong time period. When Paul modeled what it looked like to be all things for all people, he was all things to the people who were trying to kill him and to put him on trial to be executed. That's who he was being all things to. And you have a calling on your life to be a fisher for men if you belong to Jesus Christ. And the only retirement you get is when we get to heaven. And it's the best retirement you can ever ask for. It's worshiping Jesus for all of eternity. And church, I'll end this morning. I'll wrap up my message by saying Tech Sunday exists because Carly and Becky, Becky was in the land this morning. She's not here. And I, our goal, and Audrey is to go fishing online. It's to make our social media an avenue in which we can go fish for men. And we're trying our best slowly to make that happen. And one way we're doing it is by documenting what's going on here at DAC. Church, we established that the Lord is moving here at DAC, correct? And I know me, and if you're in first service, Dave Lorenz, he takes pictures for me sometimes. You might see me running around with a camera, taking videos, taking pictures. I fully and genuinely believe that through that camera, that lens is an avenue in which people can find out who Jesus is and how he's moving here at DAC. We're live right now. There's, there's, there'll be by the end of the weekend, these, our Sunday services will have over 100 views, 200 views maybe, of people who are like, through this lens looking at me right now are hearing about Jesus Christ, and I'm grateful for them. I love y'all. My mom's one of them, remember? And every time you see Anita back there on that tripod camera, or you see Don back there moving our remote control cameras, it's creating a lens by which we can fish for people. And after this third service, it's third service right now, we have a tech meeting after this. Me and all my volunteers, we're going to get together. Me, Becky, and Carly, we're going to talk about vision. We're going to talk about how we worship the Lord through working the soundboard, through working a camera, through posting online. And I'm grateful for it. And the second part of that is where I commission you, church. That's what Tech Sunday is. But the second part is where I commission you. For my folks who are on social media, I'm going to get to the rest of you all in a second. Don't go nowhere. My folks who are on social media, there's a million ways you can live out your faith online. But partaking and sharing 
And interacting with the stuff we post as a church is a, sim is a simple way to do it. You see something, share it. I could give a whole presentation about algorithms and all that. I did that on Monday. But the power you have by just sharing, if you see, if you're a part of DAC and the Lord's moving and you see a post or an event or a video or a Sunday service, share it. Tell people about it. It helps, it helps more than you know, okay? All my people who aren't on social media, you're still here. You weren't allowed to leave. You might not be on social media, but I promise you know someone who is. Tell them to follow us. Tell them to check out our service. Say, Pastor Cody preached the best sermon I've ever heard in my entire life today. Go watch it. You hadn't, been, you hadn't been alive very long, I promise you that. And lastly, if any of you guys in here, I know with a crowd this size, this is the third service I've done this morning. Someone in here knows how to work a camera, knows how to film, how to take pictures. We're looking for people, man. We're looking for people to document how the Lord is moving here at DAC so we can post it online, so we can share, not to put on a show or to be the next big whatever. I believe Jesus is here. Pastor Carly tells us every Sunday, you brought the Holy Spirit in here with you this morning. And I just want people to know about it. And you guys can play a role in that. My email is cody at bragonjesus.org. Hit me up if you know how to work a camera, film, take pictures, let me know. If you don't, you know how to work social media. If you're not on social media, you got friends. But for all of us, if we belong to Jesus Christ, we're fishermen. Matthew 13, Jesus shares a parable about fishermen who casted their nets and they caught all kinds of fish, good and bad. And they brought them in and then the angels came on judgment day and they separated the good and the bad and determined their judgment. We are the bride of Christ here on earth. Pastor Brad told us a few weeks ago, the only thing we can do here that we can't do in heaven or can't do better in heaven is share the gospel. And church, we got a job to do Whatever that looks like for you, we got to start casting nets. And it's time to go fishing.